Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Get on a crowd street or one of the platforms where you can get in for much lower and just at least try to soak up everything you can. But you're never going to win on the sidelines. So eventually you can analyze all you want, but you got to pull the trigger. Isn't it just the best when a software comes out that makes your life easier, makes you more money, and by the way, it's free? Well, welcome to Stessa, today's best ever sponsor. Stessa is a smarter income and expense tracking software for property owners. It allows you to track, manage, and communicate the performance of your real estate assets. So basically, it helps you make more money by looking at your properties in one dashboard. It's a beautiful dashboard, by the way. And it shows you the KPIs, the key performance indicators that you care about. What's the value? How much cash flow are you getting? What's the debt that you have on the properties? What are you bringing in monthly? What are you bringing in annually? And... It allows you to have a quick snapshot, not only of your properties, but also come tax time, it's a breeze because you can scan receipts and invoices directly from the phone app and Stessa will automatically read and categorize them for you. No more data entry. It's been talked about in Forbes, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and all it takes is just a few minutes to add your properties, link the accounts, and everything updates in real time. Without Stessa, I was looking at my portfolio on an infrequent basis. I'm talking about my single-family home portfolio. I got three single-family homes, and I didn't realize that I had trapped equity. But if I was looking at it from a dashboard that Stessa has, then I would have realized that, hey, I got a portfolio value of X, and I've got debt on it of Y. Holy cow, look at all this trapped equity. I'm missing out. And with Stessa... That won't happen. So go to stessa.com forward slash best ever. And it's free. It's free. Stessa.com forward slash best ever. Hi, best of listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm your host today, Theo Hicks, as Joe is traveling to Texas to look at a few apartment deals. Today, I'm speaking with Shane Connor. Shane, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic, Theo. How are you? I'm doing fantastic as well. A little bit about Shane's background before we dive in. He is the leader of Red Rock Capital, a private investing group providing access to opportunities in multifamily, senior living, storage, and mobile home parks. 
He's also a part owner with ACM Senior Living. He also mentioned to me that he is a limited partner in one of Joe's deals. He's based in Atlanta, Georgia, and you can say hi to him at redrockcapitalgroup.com. So before we get started, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Absolutely. And thank you, everybody, for sharing some of your time with me. So as you mentioned, my real estate background would be an LP and GP investor with ownership in over a thousand units in multifamily, as well as investments in storage, mobile home parks, and senior living buildings. Also, I'm still in the full-time kind of corporate world, staffing and recruiting business in the healthcare practice. Been doing that for about eight years. And lastly, yes, I'm now a 10% owner in a senior livings operations company, which synergistically ties into being able to offer investments to private investors in that area. Awesome. So how are you able to balance having that full-time job, working 40 hours plus a week, as well as growing your real estate business? Yep, definitely a challenge. I think what my wife would like if I was free a little bit more. It's all about having focus and planning, being okay with early, early mornings, late nights. Like this morning, I was up pretty early working in the gym and spent about an hour on investing before being at my desk at my corporate job by 7.45. And then tonight, before I go to bed, I'll have a plethora of things that I need to be doing to move the business forward. So it's definitely having balance, planning, and just knowing that you're working for something that's really good for you and that you really care about. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your investments. So it sounds like you're investing in kind of a lot of different assets. What's kind of the breakdown of that? What's your main focus or are you diversified a quarter each of those four? Yeah. In some private investing circles, you'll hear something like uh, three out of four dollars still goes to multifamily. And and that's definitely runs true in, in terms of my business and my investing as well. Still, most of the transactions happening are in the multifamily space. It's also just more comfortable for raising capital and talking to passive investors. They understand apartments more. You've all lived in them at, at some point in time. Storage and mobile home park kind of being second to that. Senior living being kind of brand new, but I expect that to grow a lot coming into 2019. And that's a space I really know and understand well, because as I mentioned, I've been in the healthcare recruiting and workforce business for about eight years. I have a master's in healthcare administration. So I'm kind of excited to be able to bring my investing and finance background and then my healthcare operations background to really educate investors that may not understand that space as well. But it's a very, very lucrative industry. And as we all know, baby boomers, 10,000 people hitting Medicare every day. That is going to be a very, very busy space with Medicare reimbursements you're looking at upwards of three three $350 a day on a typical SNF skilled nursing facility as opposed to monthly rents. So it, it can be extremely lucrative investing. So it's kind of your main focus is multifamily. Let's talk a little bit about that. You raise money and then you invest yourself? Correct. Okay. I started, as you had mentioned earlier in the call, my first foray into this world was actually being an LP investor on one of Joe's deals a few years back out in Dallas. And then that kind of opened my eyes to what was possible and that this whole world even existed. Continued to do LP investing over the next year to two years. And then over the last year, I'd say year and a half, I was able to form some partnerships where now I raise capital for a couple different operators, Joe being one of them. We do some deals there and that's kind of really grown. My investing focused a lot on raising capital, but still investing alongside my investors when I can in a deal that makes sense. So a very common theme for people that want to become multifamily syndicators or just to, I guess, be involved in the business in some form, which includes raising money. 
a piece of advice that is often given is for them to invest in a deal first as a passive investor and then move on to some other aspect of the business yourself. So what types of things did you do learn or how did being an LP in a deal first help you raise capital? Well, you don't know what you don't know. And going through the process as an LP from soup to nuts, and I was as green as it got when I was first learning about the syndication opportunity that I ended up investing in. So going through the process soup to nuts from that initial kind of conversation, what is this? How does it work? All the way through closing, first distribution, monthly updates, you're going to get exposed to the entire process front to back so that on the next deal, or if you do two LPs, then you decide to raise you are going to be able to speak that process to somebody else who's completely green, much more than you'd be able to if somebody just tried to give you a crash course. You have to actually know what it's like to be in that brain of somebody who's like mind blown, like has no idea how this would even work, how a bunch of people together would buy an apartment building. Because like me, I was even a finance major. I just kind of had this notion that Wall Street or big banks must own every apartment building. I had no idea that it could be a collection of GPs and lots of LP investors coming together. So until you sit on that side of the fence, it's going to be hard to try to do that and, and confidently raise money from somebody if you've never been in their shoes before. Okay. And you mentioned that you go through the process and then you're able to communicate that process to others. So that's obviously one tip for how to raise money. For someone who's just starting out, they're educated. Maybe they've been an LP on a deal before. They maybe bought a smaller apartment themselves and now they're moving into raising money, but they've never done it before. What are a couple of things that you could advise for someone in that situation? I'd say definitely talk to more people than you initially think. If you think I've got a good network of 50 people, you should plan on trying to talk to 100 to 150 because you may get this space and you might uh, be comfortable and know that this is a good deal. And not everybody's brain is wired into real estate like all of us listening on this podcast might be. So that would be one is definitely don't underestimate the amount of people you're going to have to try to talk to. And two would be, you got to get around more successful people than you, people that have more liquid capital than maybe is in your immediate network because friends, family are great to start. But most of these deals we're talking about $50,000 minimums and that's no small amount of money. So Try to think outside of your immediate networks to other groups and places that have business owners, executives, things like that, that you can get yourself around and start marketing yourself as an expert in this area. So once you surround yourself with those people, go to meetups, maybe different business groups, this event in the area. I know volunteering is also a good one because a lot of high net worth individuals are at the charities. How do you approach that conversation with them? Do you just walk up to him and say, Hey, want to give me money to invest in a deal? Or you know, obviously you don't do that. So yeah, <laughs> definitely not. And that's why time and relationships are pretty crucial here because it may be that you meet somebody there at that charity event or at a cocktail hour at an executive's business event. And over a casual conversation, you'll drop in that, yeah, you know, part of a private investing group, acquire apartments, reposition them, add value, force appreciation, earn some profits when we sell. And that might be it. You might gauge their facial reactions, look for silent cues. Or do they peek up? Do they look like you're crazy? And then just keep those mental notes and you're going to follow up those people. You might be looking at somebody that's six months a year until they actually are interested in investing. So you got to develop deep relationships, not transactions. And you cannot sell. I'm a corporate salesman, sell the Fortune 500 across the country. This is not 
selling. You'd never want to force somebody into a deal. You want to educate and then let them come. You're going to give them all the reasons why they should or you think they should, but you are not trying to sell or pressure these people at all. And that'll come across pretty easily to somebody, especially a high net worth or an executive. They're going to sniff that out. How much money has your biggest investor invested so far? I think 150000 So sometimes people use the term singles, doubles, a lot of $50,000 increments, a couple 25s, some hundreds. Even most of the deals that I've been a part of across the board, I feel like the average comes in around 100. Even sometimes the max will say two or 250 per investor on the PPM. So for me, been mostly between the 50 and the 100 range, and I'm 31. So I've got a fair network, but by no means do I know 50 people off the top of my head who are high, high net worth. So a lot more kind of 25s to 50s to 75s. Okay. So for that person that invests that 15200, where did you find them? Or do you want to just kind of just tell us about how you found them, what you said to them, how long it took them to invest? So that's actually coming from some of my corporate business over the years. I've had the opportunity to meet with, do business with different clients and vendors. So that was actually somebody that I had known from just years of my healthcare business, who happens to be a business owner. It's pretty liquid, does a lot of different investing. So kind of already got this space and had a lot of liquid capital. So that's just kind of a fortunate side effect of being in sales for over eight years. You've actively built a Rolodex across the country of just a variety of different people. How does that work? Because obviously you know them through work. Is it perfectly okay to kind of approach your work colleagues, people you work with, people you meet through work? Are you ever hesitant to do that because you don't want to mix your full-time job with your real estate business? Absolutely. That's why it's not going to be something that you're blasting out or just actively advertising while you're in the middle of a work day on a meeting. And we all know those people that over the years, they might be a client, it might be a vendor, but we've gotten pretty friendly with them. You might talk other times about other things, and this is one of those good opportunities. So by no means is this something that I would advise approaching at the end of a business conversation in normal practice. But I know for me personally, I've got many people that have become friends doing business with them through my corporate job over a seven-year period. So that's certainly something that's feasible. So as it relates to either raising money for deals or being a passive investor in deals, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say just get in the game and build relationships, not transactions. So get in the game. Like we mentioned, do an LP investment. Just start small. If you don't have the capital to meet some of these larger opportunities at 25 or 50, Get on a crowd street or one of the platforms where you can get in for much lower and just at least try to soak up everything you can. But you're never going to win on the sidelines. So eventually you can analyze all you want, but you got to pull the trigger when you know it's a good deal. And then relationships, not transactions. Like we mentioned, it's going to be for the long term, whether that's with other sponsors, other GPs, people you're raising money with. You got to go deep with these people in terms of getting them to like, know, and trust you. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready. All right, first, a quick word from our sponsor. Finally, there's a simple way to track rental performance. Stessa, our best ever sponsor, lets real estate investors track, manage, and communicate the performance of our real estate portfolios for free. Go to stessa.com forward slash best ever. You'll always know how your properties are performing with this dashboard. It's a beautiful looking dashboard, and it will help you save time with smarter income and expense tracking. You don't have to do any more data entry. Just upload the stuff directly from your phone. It tracks it in real time. Get organized for tax time. 
with tax-ready financials so you can download them instantly. This thing was built by investors for real estate investors. It's been featured in all the publications you can think of. To get set up with your free account, just add your properties, link your accounts, and everything else updates in real time. Stessa.com forward slash best ever. S-T-E-S-S-A.com forward slash best ever to get started. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more. All right. What's the best ever book you've recently read? book called 168 Hours. And the concept of the book is essentially that in a seven-day week, there's 168 hours that make up that block. And that by thinking in block and the actual hours time, you realize that you have a lot more time than you think. We're all very busy and, and we say we don't have time to do that side thing or to get to that event or whatever it is. And the book kind of takes you through a lot of different people and examples that show you even if you're sleeping eight hours a night, working 45 hours a week, spending three hours with kids, working out three hours, five days a week, that still leaves in excess of, I don't know, 20 some plus hours. So as long as you're strategic about it and really prioritize it, you've got a lot more time than you think. What's the best ever business decision you've recently made? Well, I don't know if it's recent, but I moved to Atlanta from Philadelphia. I didn't know anybody. I'd never been to the city. I took an opportunity to start an office for my company and kind of taking that risk and jumping into the unknown has led to basically everything else that's happened to me good in my life. So I would say taking risks and taking a jump is the best thing that I've done. What's the best ever deal you've done besides your first deal and your last deal? That would probably be the acquisition of ownership in our ATM senior living operations company because aside from real estate deals that we're going to get in, renovate and sell, this one we plan to last and build it for decades, potentially even build it to go public one day. So I think that'll be probably have the longest lasting impact. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Biggest mistake, not so much like an actual blunder that I could point to, but I'd say more the being a little bit naive when I first went to start raising capital, thinking that it might be a little easier than it actually was, that more people would think like I did, that I knew in my immediate network, that would be wanting to invest. So as I mentioned, if you think you need to talk to 50 people that you know, when you're first starting out, you might have to talk to 150, 200. So not underestimating that it's a lot of hard work to do this. What's the best ever way you like to give back? So this year, I'm planning to start a foundation in my dad's honor, who passed away from heart failure this year. And our foundation's going to focus on a few areas. And he was a pool builder, so building pools in underprivileged communities, helping underprivileged kids access golf courses, because my dad did that for me. And I attribute a lot of my success to being around golf courses and successful people, and also going to provide financial assistance for families that lost their breadwinners to heart failure. It's fortunate for me. You know, my mom's kind of taken care of and we're all grown, but there's a lot of families that lose a, a man or a woman bred too early on and they struggle financially as a result. That's wonderful. Thanks for sharing that with us. Lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? You can get me at just Shane at redrockcapital.com, www.redrockcapitalgroup.com. 
Facebook, LinkedIn, or a website for networking dinners, syndicationsuppers.com. I like that. Well, Shane, I really appreciate you coming on to talk to us today. A lot of great information for those listeners who are interested in raising capital for deals. You talked about how you're able to balance your full-time job with real estate. It really just comes down to getting up early and staying up late. And it sounds like you might've gotten that idea from that 168 hours book you were referencing, or at least kind of reiterated that, yep. that concept in your mind. You mentioned that being an LP on a deal, it will help you raise capital because you get to go through the process firsthand. And it's really difficult to get that education otherwise and you go in green you learn the process then you're able to communicate the process to other people who are green a couple of tips on how to raise money i think the biggest one was knowing that you're going to need to talk to two to three times more people than you actually think so kind of the way i think about it is if i need to raise a million dollars then i need to have at least two to three million dollars in verbal commitments lined up in order to be certain that i'll be able to hit that million dollar number And you also mentioned that it's kind of all about building relationships over time. Sometimes you might find someone who will invest right away, but more than likely it'll take a little bit longer for that to happen. And then if you want to raise money through work, don't do a business meeting. And then on the last slide of your PowerPoint, have a a link to your website to invest in the deal. Instead, it takes takes time, become friends with them. And once you start chatting about other things, sports, life, you can bring up kind of your side business and, and go from there. So again, Shane, I really appreciate it. Thank you for talking to us. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, Theo, thank you. And best ever audience, thank you as well. What if you could earn 10,000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Guarino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more.